with her machine, on which I'd already left two messages. Minutes later, I hung up and turned to Frederic, who was studying the contents of my refrigerator. It was early evening in late November, dark in my kitchen, but my friend was illuminated by the utility bulb. It was enough. She wore a tight, fringed jumpsuit in hot pink, low-cut, with a big plastic zipper running the length of it. She had the kind of va-va-va-boom body that could pull this off and the kind of temperament that would want to. Her hair, this week, was as blonde as mine, not unusual in Los Angeles, but whereas I had pale skin to go with it, Frederic was black, a less common combination. Where's your water? she asked. In the sink? You don't have bottled water? What do you take on the road? I don't take water on the road. Sister, you have got to change your ways, she said, herding me into the living room. You have cosmetic responsibilities now. Who is this Monica person? Annika, not Monica. Our Annika from the show. Her mother in Germany says she's disappeared. I grabbed my keys and backpack, alarmed at the word I just said. And who does the mother think you are, the FBI? She doesn't know who I am. She just happened to have my phone number. She can't reach the host family. Annika's an au pair. Did you know that? Frederick handed me my jean jacket. What are you doing answering your own phone? We gotta get you thinking like a celebrity. The word celebrity made me want to hide under the bed with a bag of Oreos, but Frederick had overstated it. I was only a celebrity to those rare people who watched a TV reality show called Biological Clock. Too few in number, according to the Nielsen ratings, to materially affect my life. I reminded myself of this as I followed Frederic out of the apartment, down the stairs, and out to the street. Rush hour noise from Santa Monica Boulevard accosted us. There was pedestrian traffic, too, as we walked down Larrabee, mostly male, as befits a neighborhood known as Boys Town. Frederic attracted her share of attention, her skin-tight jumpsuit an object of desire. West Hollywood is a bastion of gay and lesbian culture, which I, as a heterosexual female, found comforting in ways I didn't exactly understand. I caught myself really looking at people on the street and cars, looking illogically, maybe, for someone considerably shorter than I, brown-haired, apple-cheeked, pretty, a girl in the last days of her teens, Annika. There's Joey, Frederick said, waving to a green Mercedes stuck in slow traffic on Santa Monica, a mass of red hair visible in the driver's seat. What's she doing circling the block? I told her to stay put. Come on, let's catch up. She grabbed my hand and we ran as fast as her three-inch heels allowed, click-click-clicking our way to Joey. My friends were driving me to the night's location of Biological Clock. The reality show featured three women... D'un certain âge, as Joey put it, dating in rotation three men of various ages, so the TV audience could ultimately vote on which combination of genes should produce a child, with or without romantic involvement on the part of the chosen couple. I was one of the women. It hadn't been my idea. Here's how it happened. I'd been, okay, still was, recovering from a broken engagement to a guy named Doc. Doc had some issues that stood between him and marriage, namely a wife, 
and the certainty of an ugly custody battle for their daughter Ruby once the wife became an ex-wife. The wife was keeping Ruby in Japan, so Doc had taken a job in Taiwan to be nearby. Production work on an American film called Mao the Movie, which threatened to go on as long as the Cultural Revolution. Custody would be a problem for six years until Ruby turned 18, and Doc felt I shouldn't wait for him. Joey and Frederick agreed. I felt otherwise, but nobody seemed to care about my opinions any more than Chairman Mao had cared about the opinions of the bourgeoisie. Joey's husband, meanwhile, had invested money in this reality show, Biological Clock, which had inspired Joey and Frederick to send my audition video to the casting director. I hadn't known I'd made an audition video. I'd thought I was being interviewed for Frederick's niece's sociology project. Apparently, though, me talking about my dating history was compelling stuff. Also, I was the right age and had attributes, big chest, long legs, and height, six feet of it, that made a nice visual contrast to the other two front-runner women contestants, and I'd thus beaten out several hundred hopefuls for the job. Not that I'd wanted the job. I'd turned it down flat once it was explained to me. I found the premise of the show cheesy, despite the disclaimer at the end of each episode that no couple would be required to have sex or bear children. As for fame, I'd have been happy to fork over my fifteen minutes to someone else, the way senators give away their floor time in debates to fellow senators. But then Biological Clock had mentioned money. Despite the low budget, I'd be paid $500 a week for two nights' work, unusual for reality TV, and that wasn't all. The producers had invested in a number of other businesses, including a health maintenance organization, offering benefits to the winning contestants and their dependents, current and future. Some people say insurance isn't sexy. But for those with dependent paranoid schizophrenic brothers on pricey antipsychotic medication... It's sexy enough. A horn honked. Girl, you got some kind of bad gene that makes you change lanes every 20 seconds? Frederick asked Joey. Yeah, it's called effective driving. Well, maybe they do that in Nebraska to get around the cows, but here people get shot for those maneuvers. Frederick and Joey had an ongoing city mouse, country mouse routine, Although Joey was no more country than any other ex-model-slash-actress who lived in L.A., New York, and Paris for the last 15 years. And can we turn down this twangy banjo stuff? You want people to think you're a hick? I am a hick. Hey, Wally, Joey threw over her shoulder. Why so quiet? Cell phone. I dialed the number Mrs. Gluck had given me for Annika's host family. In Encino, a machine answered. The voice was warm, chatty, female. Hi there, you've reached the Quins. Jean, Maisie, Emma, Annika, and Mr. Snuggles can't come to the phone right now, but leave us a message and we'll call you back. Bye-bye. Oof. Hi, I said, envisioning the people Annika had described. I'm trying to reach Annika, your au pair. If she's not around, I'd appreciate a call from any of the Quins, preferably one of the humans. I spelled out my name and repeated my home and cell phone numbers. Is that our Annika from the show? Joey asked. How's she doing? I'm not sure, I said. She seems to be sort of missing. 
Joey turned to me. Traffic was at another dead stop as we neared Beverly Hills. Frederick had switched on the interior car light to rummage through her purse, and the glow made Joey's eyes very green and her face very white against her auburn hair. She was more than beautiful. She was intriguing, with a subtle scar running from temple to chin, white on white, a half-moon. What do you mean missing? she said. She didn't show up for my math tutorial last night, and she didn't call her mom in Germany, which is her Sunday night ritual, so her mom is seriously upset, and she doesn't know a soul in America, except me, and the host family who's not returning her calls. Interesting. What is? Traffic moved, Joey faced forward, the Mercedes inched ahead, our eyes met in the rearview mirror. Annika, she said, on the set last week. She was asking people where she could get hold of a gun. Two. The set is one of those showbiz terms that always makes me think of dancing girls in the 40s doing the can-can on a stage at the MGM studio, or maybe a street in the Old West, the saloon and general store and jail all false fronts with nothing but fields behind. The set of biological clock, however, was whatever bar, bowling alley, or bistro Bing Wooster and the producers could persuade to let us film in. It wasn't filming, but taping, as Joey pointed out, but Bing, who had filmmaking aspirations, had us all using movie lingo. It was going on 9 p.m. The set du jour was a restaurant called Pine on Beverly Boulevard. On a site that had seen a lot of restaurants come and go over the years, the fact that Pine...